0: Okay, so I mentioned today that we are, I'm going to celebrate the optional uh, memorial of St. Louis de Montfort. And he was a saint that is close to our Marian community, hopefully close to you as well. He was born louis May Grignon in Montfort, France. So they say St. Louis de Montfort, of Montfort, France. Now, he was born in 1673, which was very long celebrated as the founding of our Marian community, um, founded on the very same time, also the same year of the revelations of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. All of this is connected. You can't separate Mary from Jesus. People always say, why are the Marian fathers the ones in charge of divine mercy? How come the Marian fathers, Marians of the Immaculate Conception, are the ones promoting divine mercy? It should be the mercy fathers out of Kentucky. Yeah, they're a great group. But Father Seraphim said it best. He said... The reason the Marians of the Immaculate Conception were given the message and devotion of divine mercy to promote is because God wanted it under the mantle of Mary, and that's why we Marians, the first men's community to ever bear the title, of the Immaculate Conception, or I should say, um, and the first religious community ever found men's community ever founded in Poland, have that name. And the greatest act of mercy ever bestowed upon a creature is the Immaculate Conception. So it makes sense that we Marian fathers are the ones giving and bringing divine mercy to the world. And you guys are our hands and feet of the Marian helpers to help us do that. Even if it's just praying from your own home, whatever your role might be, even if it's just for praying for us to continue this role. All right, now. His famous, uh, or he's known famously for fostering devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and the rosary, this being St. Louis de Montfort. He is considered one of the early writers in the field of Mariology. That's actually a topic we study in seminary. So when I talk to you about Mary, it's coming like I when I talk about Christ, I took a course in Christology. When I talk about Mary, I draw from my training in Mariology. And so, this is a very important person, and he is known for his two big works The Secret of Mary and True Devotion to Mary. Now, St. Louis de Montfort's approach to Marian consecration is that Jesus and Mary are inseparable. It's not Mary instead of Jesus, it's to Jesus through Mary. And there's a big difference there. People write me all the time. Please read the comments online. Feel free to help defend our faith too. (laughs) But all the time, you keep saying that you need Mary. No, you don't. You don't need Mary. Well, this is why St. Louis de Montfort is important. He views, quote, consecration to Jesus in Mary as a special path to being conformed to, united, and consecrated to Christ. He made a very powerful quote that I'd like to read. He said, of all creatures, the one most conformed to Jesus Christ, it follows that among all devotions that which most consecrates and conforms a soul to our Lord is devotion to Mary, his holy mother. And that the more a soul is consecrated to her, the more it will be consecrated to Jesus Christ. And when is consecration to Jesus Christ ever a bad thing? She helps you get to Jesus. Remember yesterday, or I'm sorry, Monday, I did a talk that people always write us and say, there's only one mediator between the father and man, and that's Jesus. Yes, but we got to get to Jesus we got to get to Jesus as that one way to the Father. And Mary's one of the best ways. Mary and the church are the ways to do that. And so Pope John Paul, as a seminarian, read true devotion to Mary and it changed his life. Um, St. Louis de Montfort said, uh, or actually John Paul said this, Then I understood that I could not exclude the Lord's mother from my life without neglecting the will of the Trinity. So John Paul's telling us we need this. And that's why totus tuus was his motto, totally yours. Meaning, I entrust myself to you, Mary, you'll get me to Jesus. And he is the way to the Father. All right, so you've probably heard about Marian consecration. And I probably don't speak about it enough. And so today is the perfect day to bring up the importance of it. Now, what does that mean? When someone or something is consecrated, it means it is set apart for a particular purpose, to be holy. That's why religious lead consecrated lives. We are consecrated religious. What makes us priests different from diocesan priests, it was funny because you always heard that story about, well, I'm a religious priest. Well, aren't all priests supposed to be religious? No, you have, well, yes, but you have diocesan priests and you have consecrated religious priests like us Marian fathers. So we take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Diocesan priests do not take vows they take promises to the bishop that they'll remain faithful. But we take the consecration. We take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. You've heard me say poverty to overcome the God of the world money, chastity to overcome the God of the world sex and obedience to overcome the God of the world power. So in that, we understand that to be consecrated means you're set apart. You can be consecrated. Father, I wanna be consecrated. I wanna set myself apart to be holy. You can, it's called Marian consecration or consecration of St. Joseph, which we've been doing. You're setting yourself apart to entrust yourselves that they will help you get to Jesus. Nobody knows Jesus better than his earthly mother and father. And so Mary consecration is basically dedicating yourself to Jesus using the help of Mary. There's, what is wrong with that? I just don't get it. It's just like these, these comments we get are almost like, Mary is some kind of satanic tool to keep you away from Jesus. Why in the world would Jesus, would God the Father entrust his son to somebody that he thought was a hindrance? It, just, it doesn't make any sense. So here it means entrustment. Nobody knows Jesus better on this earth than his mother. So why not say, hey, mom, can you help me kind of be like him? You fashioned him in his womb. Fashion me like another Jesus. Under your mantle. How is that a hindrance to Jesus? It's such a misunderstanding. As Fulton Sheen said, millions of people hate what they think is the Catholic Church, but very few hate what actually is the Catholic Church. And so the works, this works because nobody knows Jesus better than his own mother. You entrust yourself to her and give her all of your spiritual merits and she intercedes for you. I always laugh that I used to try to pray for every single thing that I needed to in my life, every single cousin and relative and family member and neighbor and coworker, and it became overwhelming. I tried to pray individually for each one of them because I felt I was obligated to do that, which in a way we are. And it got so bad, I always laugh, I had to make an Excel spreadsheet just to try to keep everybody straight. And then it got even overwhelming that I couldn't pray for everybody every day. I had to start praying once a week then once a month, I was finally like, Lord, I can't do this. That's the point of Marian consecration. You put all your prayers, all your good works, all your pains, joys, sufferings into Mary's hands. And you say, Mary, you use those however you see fit. And I've always said this. If you you can't pray for everybody because you're overwhelmed, what works for me, and since I want to pray for all my Marian helpers, and we do, And once you write to me specifically, I'll pray for specifically, but in general, with with so many of them, I put them in Mary's hands and I say, Mary, I'm offering this rosary instead of listing a litany. I've been in some churches where it takes 20 minutes to list all the intentions for the rosary. That's good. I am not saying that's not good. That's wonderful. But sometimes we don't have the extra 20 minutes to do the litany of intentions before we start the rosary. So what you do is you place it in Mary's hands and you say, Lord or Mary, I place in your hands this rosary. Please offer the graces for the soul that I am most obligated to pray for or the soul in most need of your mercy. And you let her do the rest. She distributes that grace. That's a gift given to her by God. She distributes the grace so you don't have to worry about it. I didn't say cousin Joey or aunt Carol. No, I put it in Mary's hand. She knows where it needs to go. God knows where it needs to go. That's Mary consecration. That's the beauty of it. So this is the important thing. And trust yourself to her and all your things. She could be your prayer broker. What's a broker in the financial world? You give them your money and you let them pick the investments and it multiplies your money. So what a broker does, okay, I'm giving you $10,000, Mr. Broker. Invested it so it's multiplied. He does the work. Give Mary your prayers, let her be your prayer broker, and she'll multiply those graces so that they'll maximize in their spread. She could do a way better job than we do, and it takes the burden off of you. That's amazing. So in Catholic teaching, consecration to Mary does not diminish or substitute the love of God. It actually enhances it. For all consecration is ultimately made to God what we just said, St. Louis de Montfort said. Vatican II said, call upon Mary's intercession, and when you do, it does not hinder in any way the immediate union of the faithful with Christ, but on the contrary, fosters it. Lumen gentium, paragraph 60. So, Marian consecration. One last thing I want to say about it. What is it? It is saying yes to To the gift God offers you. Remember, Jesus said in St. Faustina said the key is trust. If you want to get one word that boils down the entire Bible, it's trust. God wants us to trust him after the fall. You want one word that boils down the whole diary of St. Faustina? Trust. You can't love what you don't trust. Love is ultimately the goal, but I can't love you if I don't trust you. So this is the goal. So. Giving this yes to the saying yes to this gift God offers us is trusting God. Remember, you can't trust somebody if you don't believe in them. If you believe in them, you trust them. And if you trust them, you say yes to the help they offer you. I I trust my father. If my father says, I need to do this, I trust him. Father Cass, I trust him. So they tell me to do it. I do it. This is what God did when he gave you the gift of Mary. If you trust him, you'll say yes to it. If you don't trust him, no, I I don't trust that gift, God. I know you gave her as a gift on the cross, but I really don't trust it. This is why I'm blown away by the letters we get and the emails and the comments. Read them online. You can read them on these YouTube videos. People always constantly saying that Mary is a hindrance to Jesus. That's a complete misunderstanding. She's the greatest gift of help that God gave us after he left this earth. It was the last thing he did on the cross. The very last thing he gave Mary as a gift. Take her into your home. That's John taking her in. And for us, we're John, we're the disciples. We take her into our heart. So to finish, Jesus, when he did that, he was referring to giving Mary as a gift of a mother to John and he gives her to us as a mother and somebody will say, well, no father. He just gave Mary or John Mary because John needed a a natural mother to help him. He was young and Jesus was leaving him all alone and Jesus felt bad. And Jesus said, I'll provide uh, a natural mother for you to cook and clean and, and help you so you can concentrate on ministry. No, John didn't need a spiritual, excuse me, a natural mother. He needed a spiritual mother. How do we know that he didn't need a mother to just take care of his natural needs? Because his mother was next to him at the foot of the cross. The sons of Zebedee. And this is what it says. Matthew 27, verse 55 and 56. The mother of the sons of Zebedee was there meaning at the cross. Now she might've been back a ways, but she was there at the cross and who were the sons of Zebedee, James and John. And who did Jesus give Mary to John? And so he already had a real mother, a natural mother to take care of him. Jesus didn't give him Mary for that purpose. He gave Mary for the purpose of the spiritual mother and us too. John didn't need a natural mother. She was already there. She, he had one. So the essence of Mary consecration is to give Mary or God our yes. I accept this help you offer, Lord Jesus. It was the last thing you did on the cross. You offered the help of your mother and I say yes to it. I give you my permission to, to form me, Mary, as another Jesus in your womb and your, under your mantle into another Christ. She formed Jesus in the womb. She can form you in a similar way if you let her. She formed our Lord Jesus, and you can be formed by her too if you let her. Ultimately, it's God doing it, but Mary's the way to help us get to Jesus. So Jesus said what hurt him the most during his passion was not trusting. And St. Louis de Montfort said, this is the act of trust. Mary in consecration is the surest, quickest, easiest, and most perfect way to become a saint. That's powerful. St. Louis de Montfort said Jesus came into the world through Mary. We should also go through Mary. Think about that. If Jesus came to the world through Mary, we too should go through Mary. If it's good enough for Jesus, if going through Mary is good enough for Jesus... It's good enough for me. (laughs) All right. So the Bible tells us we are to honor our mother. Jesus gave her to us as our mother. God does not do anything in us unless we cooperate. God never forces a gift upon us, even salvation. There's this misconception about among non-Catholics that everybody's saved because they say yes to Jesus. Saying yes means you actively have to trust him. You have to show it. It's not, you have to cooperate with it. And so we must continually give ourselves to God to ask for and to seek holiness on a daily basis. And when you are consecrated to Mary, she helps us become a disciple on a daily basis. Wow. Maximilian Colby said, never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin Mary too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. Hmm. You know, Scott Hahn used to use the example that he told us on our retreat that how crazy is that, that if you went back in time to a medieval art fair and you saw Michelangelo there standing next to his work of art, his masterpiece, the Pieta, that you would go up to the Pieta and say, oh my, this is a beautiful work, a beautiful piece of art. I love it. It brings me closer to God. Scott Hahn said, do you really think Michelangelo is going to sit there and say, I'm offended. Don't look at my masterpiece. I'm offended. You're drawing away from me. No, you honor the art. You honor the artist. Who's the artist? God. Who's his greatest artwork? Mary. And so when you honor the art, Mary, not worship. When you honor the art, you honor the artist. And that's what the message is here. You know, it's funny, because where is Mary in the Bible? Well, many places. And I think the church fathers nailed it, Tertullian and Justin Martyr, that said, basically, who did Satan overthrow in the garden? Adam or Eve? All my boy students always say Eve, and all the girl students say Adam. But the answer is, he overthrew both. Satan overthrew both a man and a woman, so the Bible tells us it's going to take both a man and a woman to liberate humanity back from Satan. That doesn't mean Mary's equal to Jesus. Jesus is the redeemer. The only redeemer. But we are many co-redeemers. Co in Latin, cum, does not mean equal to. It means with. You and I are co-workers in the garden, Paul tells us. We work with God in the garden. And so we are co-redeemers, many co-redeemers, we, we help bring souls to Christ to redeem and Mary helps in the redemption of mankind by providing the humanity to Jesus. Wow. So this is why the Bible even says after the fall, God gave us two gifts, the promise of a savior and the gift of a mother, the promise of the savior, Jesus, divine mercy, the gift of a mother, Mary immaculate And so these are the two spiritual weapons of our times. This is why I'm a Marian father, because the two weapons that the Marian fathers, more than anybody I've ever seen in this world, and this is why you're a Marian helper. And if you're not, please become one. It takes 10 seconds and costs nothing. Visit micprayers.com and share in the graces of our masses and our rosaries. Father, what do I do as a Marian helper? Receive the grace. (laughs) Pray for us. We pray for you. But that's why thus, this community, the Marian fathers, I'm a Marian because it's all about Mary and divine mercy. Those are the two spiritual weapons to fight Satan. Those are the gifts God gave us in the garden. He gave us the gift of a mother and the promise of a savior, Mary and Jesus. That's who we are. And the MIC, we carry the name Immaculate Conception, as I said earlier, because God's greatest act of mercy ever bestowed on a creature is the Immaculate Conception. So where's Mary in the Bible? The entire Hail Mary's in the Bible. Turn to the first chapter of Luke, verses 26 through 56. The entire Hail Mary's in there. People always say that Jesus never said anything about Mary. Yes, God did, because she is absolutely one of the key ways, Mary in the church, to bring us to her son. And that is the mediator between God and man. Once you get to Jesus, you're on your way back home but we got to get to Jesus and our faith teaches to Jesus through Mary, not instead of Jesus, not only Mary, not worship, Mary. No, we say, Mary, you were a gift by Jesus given to us on the cross. Help us to get to your son. All of us sometimes get lost. Mary's the ultimate GPS. She helps us get to where we need to go. And that is her son